three, uh, two. Oh, it's recording. Damn it. Hello. <laughs> uh, this is Office Hours 15, uh, so we can do this. This one's easy math because there's only five of us here today. So let's hold hold those fingers up. I hope everyone hope everyone's got that. Lauren, oh, I'd yeah. wait to do it, Lauren, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, for joining. Uh, this is Office Hours 15. Cannot believe that it's 15 weeks. I feel old. This this year is weird and long and short all at the same time, but pleasure to be here with you all. Um, we're missing one wonderful member who's been joining us recently in the past. Leon, we miss you, friend. Hope everything's going well and um, the responsibilities that you've shared with us about why you're not here are important. So uh, take care of that. <laughs> and uh, let's t this is office hours every 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on a Friday. We get together, we chat, uh, we share, we reflect, we learn together, and uh, we have a great time. So I'm um, very excited to be doing this every, every week. Let's maybe take a quick minute to do the introduction. I don't want to start this time. I always start and I'm talking right now. So I'm going to look at who's not on mute. Uh, Lauren, I <laughs> got <Hi>. you. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you, Lauren? Oh, I'm Lauren. Uh, I do the graphic <laughs> account kind of stuff. So keeping uh, lots of HR work, lots of admin work, uh, financing, just a whole bunch of stuff. Wow. Big responsibilities. Okay. This guy with uh, earphones on. Uh, Tim, that's you. <laughs> um. Hi there, software engineering, and it's uh, <clears throat> we're creating Speaky AI, and it's been a it's been a great great couple of weeks last uh, great couple of last weeks with with a lot of feedback that we received from our end customers. It's great to to uh, uh, be working closely with our transcribers. Shout out to them. Happy to have them here, um, Axel. Hello everyone. Uh, what's up here? I'm CDO at Speaky. I, I will talk about uh, there's a question Hitensa uh, asked on Twitter yesterday about uh, uh, what 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 makes you to work at uh, at the startup or why are you working at startup? And I put a couple of points. And it was like very point to point, which was one of them is like you can make a real impact for the society and for the people around you. You will never get bored uh, with the same work because you are not doing the same. Thing. again and again you always uh, going one level up so that's a challenging part uh, the third one was like the you can do a lot of experiments and you can learn throughout the process so that's not the static thing you do it's a dynamic thing uh, you learn through the process and uh, another one was uh, you can there's an opportunity to be always be creative and you can find the solution in the better way so there is not a only always a one options. You can find a solution that can be for the software, marketing, sales, anything. So you always can be stay creative. So that's why I'm working at uh, SpeakAI. That's a show, everyone. Wonderful. Wow. Uh, Nihal. Hi, I'm Nihal, a digital strategist here, and I'm responsible for all the new illustrations for website. Wow, yeah, did a wonderful <laughs> job. Call him Nice Shirt Nihal. <laughs> <laughs> That can be a new theme. Yeah. New theme. <laughs> oh, and, uh, I, and lastly, I'm Tyler Bryden. Um, you know, I what do I care about? I, I guess I'll say that it's like you know, I want to help people, self growth, self understanding, and have a large love for voice technology and language. And uh, very feel privileged and blessed to align these things in my life and work with great people. Um, that's all. I often wonder why you work in a startup. So it was great to hear that. Uh, appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you sharing. There was a great moment today and we could just, we'll briefly talk about this because this is 
a public thing now, but um, you know, uh, announced this partnership with MindCure, who is uh, a public company serving um, healthcare and psychedelics that's growing infinitely. Um, we're seeing their team just uh, just blow up in real time, and it's been an am amazing thing. And they're leveraging what we've built at Speak AI to manage and analyze the media that's um, being done in their their research, uh, and then also in as as things. Uh, you know, move towards uh, decriminalization and legalization, also more of a consumer offering and managing the, the audio, video and text and then all the language analysis in that process. Today was a great moment because that's what we were, we had a call with team on the implementation side of stuff. I'm like, I had no idea what any of this stuff was. And uh, and yet it was taken care of. Vatsal was confident. They were confident. Everything was working. And that just felt, that felt like a, a new stage of our own company where there, it's not necessarily that there's divisions and departments, but there's a valuable offering and need and technical work being done that was done without any idea of myself that is valuable. So that, thank you. Uh, it's great to have uh, that taking place. Uh, that's, I'm not sure if you have any thoughts, but just very also nice for us to see what was a proof of concept for many years for us of the need for our technology, the transcription, the natural language processing, why we built a front-end application to prototype and demo this, but then also built APIs in parallel to, to then work with an organization all coming together. So I'm not sure if you have any thoughts. It's a, it was a big partnership and something we're all very excited about. Yes, we are just jumping out of the call a few minutes back uh, and, uh, and they've got an amazing team who's working and also implementing uh, the tech uh, and what I, I can say here is uh, because we are providing the APIs to help uh, the different clients to leverage what you just talked about with the, that can be the audio, video, and text combined uh, insight and sentiment analysis. And it, it, is, it is so much, uh, I would say the proud moment to see that's coming live and it's gonna impact people's lives. So that, those are the really uh, great moments uh, for all of us. Anyone of anyone else? I know Vatsal and I are sort of the most involved in that process, but Tim, you've been doing some great work on the back end to enable these things to take place. Um, the, the silent man contributing, and hopefully you actually attend some of these meetings and and meet some of these people that we you sort of say, Tim, you, you missed an awesome thing, and, <laughs> and rub it in your face. <laughs> uh, no, if if not, um, you know, if it, no thoughts on there, like. This okay. I was already. I was. I was pre-warned to uh, that. Uh, this that you know. We're, we want to have come and have a more in-depth um, discussion about uh, this. So I'm, I'm pre-setting this agenda. But there's been a couple instances with Mindcare, several other organizations this week, and then even just through a drift chat we have from someone on the site who is asking about this idea of of sentiment analysis. What is sentiment analysis? Um, you know how how is it where did the original data set come from? How are the results produced? Um, you know, is there clinically, clinical validation to these results when looked at through a healthcare lens? And I just wanted to have an opening introduction because this is a huge topic and sentiment analysis will continue to have an impact across many industries in the world in general. And just wanted to open up a, a small chat that then will, uh, I hope, believe, develop into another more dedicated call and talk, and then also some resources on our site for people to fully understand what sentiment analysis is, why we care about it, and then the opportunities, but also the challenges there. Tim, I don't, oh, go ahead.
Uh, well, one thing um, that um, I definitely am outside of the loop, but it's uh, it's it's been a um, uh, technically from internal uh, standpoint working the vessel closely on uh, actually um, uh, refactoring what we've already built to a degree and building on top of that. Um, as just Vassil mentioned in his introduction, it's it's our work is all about learning and implementing that right away. And it's rarely the same thing because we have different customers, clients, and we work in all directions at once. And it's a good and a bad thing at the same time. But what I've, what's been a, a really, um, what's been a major um, mindset shift for me was that we've actually worked on something we've already developed on half we've improved upon it so that was great um yeah that's the only thing i can tell you about um the project um so let's jump into the sa as in part of our natural language processing pipeline and the thing that at speaky we care about a lot and that's not only to I mean, thinking about this, some people would consider it stalking on them, the um, machines understanding your moods. But at the same time, this this opens up such, technically it opens up this personalization aspect of any product as well as just, yes. Um, thank you, Nihal. I say meaning the sentiment analysis. Um, uh, it opens up these pathways to personalization and, um, I'll just leave it here at, at this. Would you like to pick up from here, Tyler? I would, but Lauren, you had something to say. I'll let you have anything that, or, or are you done? <laughs> you can. Well, I don't want to change the uh, conversation too much. I was just curious about, um, like how Mindcare, how nonfiction these people use our system probably the most. Uh, how they're using sentiment analysis really, mm -hmm. and uh, what problems are they running with sentiment analysis that they have to, you know, get us to overcome from them? I guess. Yeah, no, and it's great. Lauren always bringing us to the, the right, right direction. So he didn't rewrite the conversation too much. I think this is an important and part of the discussion with MindCure today that also made me at least want to have some introduction to it. And also another larger organization in healthcare this week that um, in a great way had a lot of questions around sentiment analysis and how it was produced. And at a core level, what healthcare organizations are trying to understand is can sentiment analysis be used as like a, di a diagnostic tool? And as of today, at least the way that we've implemented, we do not believe so. It's more of uh, you know a quick identification or navigation, or if you have, for example, you know hundreds of hours of audio or video or just paragraphs and paragraphs of text, what can you quickly surface up to the top that are the most positive or are the most negative moments to flag or be indicators or alerts that can help you hone in on, um, you know, again, moments of positivity or moments of negativity quicker. And uh, with a lot of practitioners, or if you look in hospital systems, and again, this is specifically through the lines of healthcare, they're always overrun, they're always overwhelmed. There's always more people that they need to treat and take care of than they can most likely possibly handle. And so for systems to help them sift through all that information and try to give them indicators that can uh, help them reduce the time it takes to, to provide care, but but also hone in on doing better care. That's where we're seeing the, the value here. So 
we see that, but there's also challenges. And I think there's risk. What we're, we've, we've talked about is in the bias of artificial intelligence. And for example, inaccuracy of a transcript leading to inaccurate sentiment analysis, which means something could be missed. And these are the issues that you don't want to have, especially in a healthcare um, environment. Much different, I would say, I'll just add one point then. Where is sentiment most used today is like consumer grade or marketing or social media listening, like scanning the internet, scanning web, you know, scraping the web, scanning Twitter and trying to find moments where your customers hate you <laughs> basically and identifying like problem areas and customer service to then intervene with, for example, a real person compared to a chatbot agent. Like that's the most typical use case that we're seeing today, but that's going to continually change, especially as the analysis gets better. So I'll stop for a sec. And we could also dig a little deeper into this problem and to define the, the issue with when you do analyze sentiment of a person or just analyze speech overall, say you would count how many times he would say you, we, I, or any other words, you sort of have this understanding of what the person is at that particular moment in time in that situation. But um, as Tyler just mentioned, the problem is that there are so many patients and there are so many, uh, so many hours in a day doctor have, doctors have. And so what one of, the, um, um, one of the things that we're seeing is that the more data we have accumulated throughout different situations in a lifetime, ideally, the more accurate the analysis and the results of, of comparison between particular periods of, of time are. And the, the, the differences between those is um, where the diagnosis lies. The, so, um, yeah, that's just, that was it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would actually put the sentiment analysis in two buckets. The one, when we talk about the medical records, we need to understand the language they use in the clinics and how much we understand through the lens of the context around what's going on and how we can manipulate that part. And the second bucket is what you touch upon is sort of a marketing, analyzing the Airbnb data side, Twitter data side, and see what's going on, how people react at what time, and what is the sentiment for any topic. So you can surface the insight, but when it goes to make any decision, for example, hiring someone based on the sentiment analysis, that's a part where it, things go streaky. You need some more context around before you make any decision. Uh, if, you, if you lose that contextual part, that's where we see the problem. And for the medical records, what also team talk about is having more data and understanding about the language and the words and how we can manipulate and label those records. For example, if we have the records of uh, 250K uh, different uh, uh, sentences where they talk about in the clinics or in the hospitals. And if we labeled it properly, there is a very high probability that the sentiment analysis will be very high accurate uh, in terms of the results. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're, <clears throat> you know, what is interesting as Tim pointed out here, which is just like, there's a state in that moment uh, that sentiment can, you know, sentiment or any analysis can be run and that represents that moment. But what I think is important as what is like Tim talked about is, you know, previous instances or, or context or what we're seeing as a big one is like change in it. So if there is, you know, if someone was, you know, fully, you know, full positive sentiment throughout the last six months, and then all of a sudden there's a massive drop. 
then there's that's there's more opportunity for a flag there or something of value to be created or a notification or a, an alert to then sift through all that information and and provide at least a flag which at that point a human needs to come and override you know a human needs to come and make a, a decision and intervene but i think to put it isolated in a moment or take one text note and analyze the sentiment on that for example uh, there's a big gap uh, in that, and I, I don't. I think as we've gotten deeper into analysis, deeper into AI, you start to learn where there needs to be. You know why why there is such big talks about ethics and AI and responsibly building these systems because you, you just you you don't want to see wrong decisions made. This can truly impact people's lives. Um, I'll add you know this couple quick things into here uh, that are, are really sticking out to me right now, which is the person who talked to us on Drift today said, I don't know who this person is, um, but you know, asked about the sentiment analysis too. And we've had this discussion a little bit before was like, is this video, is this sentiment including tonality? Is it including, you know, speech pace and all these other items that can be do, done through audio analysis and then combined with the actual speech to text or the text that can be said. And right now the answer is, is no. And so right there alone, there's a gap in the sentiment analysis that that's being done and shows again the challenges that are there so the example i've used in the past is i could say i hate you i could say that laughingly and, and say that to lauren as a joke or i could say that seriously uh to nihal because i hate his shirt and uh and and those are two very different things but the sentiment would be the exact same and these are these barriers and breakdowns that we're we're seeing uh one one other layer of that is the sentiment analysis with just positive, negative, and neutral, which is flagging those indicators, but there's another layer that is going to try to classify those into emotional structures that we see, the main six categories of emotions. And Tim and I played around with some multimodal, well, not multimodal, actually, just acoustic analysis of voice last week. Can't really share any of that yet, but it was awesome. It was a ton of fun. But I would say, Tim, at least in our, our first MVP prototype, not that accurate. And um, through some of the research that we've seen done by larger organizations, multimodal analysis combining audio and the text always produce the best results. So there's a whole system that needs to be built before this can be reliably done. That's what I'm sorry. I know you didn't want to get too deep on this conversation. That was no, that, 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 <laughs> the point where is like, for example, as a human, we all, when we see each other, there are so many variables we put into the consideration. Uh, before I say that, uh, you know, team's mood is X or Tyler's mood is Y, we have so many variables we can see visually uh, in the voice by their expression, right? So, of course, there are so many variables missing when we just talk about the sentiment analysis that can be pure text. The another example would be the weather was so horrible, but the hike was great. So you're talking about the, the hiking is a great part, but that is a very high probability that the system and machine will consider as a as a negative sentiment because the weather was horrible, right? So, and when we say in the context with the emotions and the joy, that's where the game change. But how, there are so many, you need to put so many uh, conditions or the requirements before make any decisions because, oh, how long you're gonna take a consideration when we also, I, I don't want to go into deep for the, the, the MVP thing, but when you take the two second clip, five second clip, 10 second clip, 15 second clip, how things vary? What, what, is, the, what is the minimum viable thing for 
make a decision at what second because for example if i'm trying to create a stage i might talk about few seconds before i say anything but the real part is after that and you already make a decision that oh this is amazing but something was still coming so how 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 yeah those things is pretty yeah. even just the wait where, where does the wait go is it at the start of the sentence or at the end if the weather if the weather was horrible but the hike was Correct. great what's more important right, right? um and and lord probably didn't answer your question <laughs> but what have you saw uh this week we were working on a little new slide deck and you know thankfully you, you know you said tyler that's not really a problem that you've described and i switched it to more fit that problem state and the, the true at the one more like core level is there's just too much information it's too much information to handle for every organization and then individuals and the the quicker you can identify and flag the information that matters the more efficiently we can all move forward and make as Nihal's put better decisions faster um and and so that's the goal that we're trying to get to there's a there's some work to be done and that was uh, illustrated this week through some lines of questioning uh which were wonderful and then also um, you know, just what we're seeing, some how organizations are implementing sentiment or just AI in, in general. A bucket hit there. That's that's all I got for now. I think that's that that's it. Um, <laughs> Lauren, Nihal, anything on your side that you want to discuss? Um, you, the floor is yours. Uh, either I've asked both of you, so either you can say anything. <laughs> um. I just, uh, all I'm thinking about mostly is uh, the two different roles that we're focusing on, the uh, business development role, uh, where we had some candidates already for that, and also the uh, UI UX uh, designer. Um, so I'm just exploring some grants at the moment. Um, curious to see what you guys uh, want out of these roles, essentially. Uh, like what kind of problems are we facing right now? And how are we overcoming that problem with these roles here? Which one do you want to start with? Uh, we're probably farther along with business development anyway, so I don't want to talk about that. Okay. Yeah, uh, so there's a, a business development representative job position out right now. It's on LinkedIn, it's on Indeed, posted somewhere so you can see. We've actually got some applicants this time, which is wonderful. Last time, you know, we posted this while we were in, in parallel, while we were hiring for marketing, which we are proud to say is a wonderful hire and, and so glad to have them here. Um, and that sort of the prioritization on the marketing and finding you know a great candidate for that led to that sales representative job listing sort of fall by the wayside and what i was talking to vatsal yesterday was <laughs> i don't know if it's even the language that was used to describe the position so nihal and, and lauren helped me clean up the listing just to describe the role but we also changed it from inside sales representative to business development representative i'm not sure if that shift um, you know, has made the change for more people willing to apply or if it's just the time of year or what, what exactly that is. But one of the things that we've learned about is this idea of uh, learn fast. Uh, and the faster you learn, the faster you grow. And even this week, I was saying to, again, to Vatsal that there was a, a company, an alternative that a customer that we were really interested in with, you know, large audio analysis needs ended up going with an alternative and they, but they were nice enough to give us the reason why. And to be honest with the reason why it made a lot of sense. It was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense why you chose that solution over, over ours. But that was a learning lesson. And that was through the sales process that that, that lesson came about. 
And so the reason why this business development representative is so important right now is because we want to learn faster. We would love to get, I would love to get that person reach out 25, 50 people a day and get 55, 50, sorry, 45 no's, you know, and then three demos and then, you know, and, and then one sale that doesn't matter as much as that we learn along the way and we figure out how can we provide more value? Where are the things that we've solved a true problem versus where are the things that we've just created solutions in our imagination? And I think we're getting better by asking the right questions, but until we get that real-time feedback with, um, you know, with potential customers, we're not going to learn quick enough. So that's the biggest priority on our side uh, here. I mean, of course you want to grow the company, you want to increase revenue, you want to be able to add more people to the team, but if at the very least we learn an insurmountable, you know, mountain of information that we can climb through to make our system or company better, that's a, a valuable, um, that's a, a job well done already. So for this role, are you uh, imagining or not so imagining, but just uh, expecting that they're going to have some sort of involvement with like customer success? Like it's not just a matter of um, they're selling to customers once they're in the door then they're not having the conversations with them anymore. They're moving on to other sales then. It's a great question. You know, I think in a more sophisticated organization, not that we're not sophisticated, but a more mature organization, there are people who are, so I did this with, with Zoom Info. I didn't even know this, but like Zoom Info reached, someone reached out to me, booked a meeting, got on a meeting with someone else. <laughs> and then when they tried to close the deal, it was someone else. So like they smoothly maneuvered along that process, but there's people who are literally the closers, there's the lead generators, and then there's the, the middle demo people uh, too. And you know, that's where we would love to get. In truth, this position will be more, I guess, a full stack salesperson. I would say responsibility would also come to us to also ensure customer success. So ensure that we've set the the team member up with the requirements of what's going to make a successful customer. Like very interestingly, I believe it was HubSpot changed how they monitor, how they managed sales success to not just be number of sales, but to be the net promoter score of the contracts that were sold by that salesperson. Because who cares if you sell, if you're just, if that customer just leaves because it wasn't a proper diagnosis in a, in a good sale. And then that's actually bad for the business and organization. So that's, if we set up the parameters, right, then they will sell to the right people and we can deliver on the value. And then what we hope is through live chat, through documentation, through support and through the application design that, that we enhance the customer success. We ensure that customer success. Um, Hope that makes sense. Hope that answers the question. It'll be a big role. It's going to be a big, it's going to be a big role. I think we're pointing them in the right direction to the kind of organizations and people they want to reach out so they don't feel lost and, and, and that they're too diluted with the efforts. Uh, and I think that's the focus of growing a sales engine that is delivering value is focus and, and making sure that they are the right people. Um, you don't have to answer this question if you think it's inappropriate, maybe, but uh, <laughs> what kind of, um, like, mind care, nonfiction again, uh, what kind of people do they do business with as well? <clears throat> and how can we interact with those other people too? Or business with that? That's a good question. Um, I'll give, you know, the two examples that we've seen to date, like, there's some relationships that I've previously built over several years with organizations like Mind Care, specifically in this weird 
niche of psychedelic markets, which will continue to grow. But we're not we're not you know psych, we're not specifically a, a psychedelic company. We're a, we're a technology solution and a provider for uh, organizations um, and individuals who are trying to manage <coughs> media libraries and make more use out of them. And especially if those media libraries, you know, most importantly, those media libraries have language in them. Like that's one of the uh, sort of conditions. Like if you're if it's just a you know, if it's just like an animated drawing with no voiceover or anything, we're not that valuable, to be honest. So there's like that part. Generally, we're looking for organizations with media libraries that are already pre-existing or they're constantly creating media. That audio and video data is a powerful one because it's then they use our automated speech to text to turn that to speech to text. They can use our human transcription uh, team to then clean that up to 100% and then either publish that in you know, client reports like what we're seeing nonfiction do amazingly, or they're actually turning that into content that is published on the web with one of the, the streams that we're seeing there be accessibility. So if you're an organization over 20 or over 50 in Ontario, just as an example, there's AODA standards where if you have audio on your site, you need to have a fully accurate transcript included. And we're seeing multiple organizations already as we put together some lists and some ideas of who this person can reach out to who are not doing that. So there's also this level of urgency there. There's urgency into in ensuring compliance. There's urgency into making your content and your media accessible. And then there's also urgency in that you're missing opportunities to rank on search engines and provide a better user experience, which will help the organization grow. So those, those, those levels create a compelling, at least reach out an awareness and an understanding and the idea that there is a provider who can help with that process. Yeah. Okay. Anyone have anything? <laughs> this is not interview Tyler time. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Like I just, I, I get into every conversation these days and I say, my goal here at guys at the start of this That's conversation great. is to not talk. And, and here I am. That Talk exactly time. happens. Also. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't because want you it. Said what, what you said what you don't want to do, right? So usually as a mental model, you do what exactly you said not want to do. Next week, <laughs> next week, I, I don't want to say a word. I want to change the host aspect and whoever, someone is going to have to volunteer and they're going to be the one who moderates the conversation. Okay. So uh, I don't know who that's, that's going to be. You will, you will manage this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does anyone have anything else to add about the business development representative? Yes, just want, to, just want to echo on your points. Is like what you said of one word is like sort of a full stack VA, uh, business developer person, right? So we, as an early stage and also in the in, in, in our uh, environment, we need a person who also can, yes, talk to the companies and the organizations which we believe. And at the same time, also manage a couple of uh, user sort of a support or a, you know, a role under a, uh, customer success department. So that is sort of a balance because uh, we don't have any 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 unique role or any any individual person other than Tara who just talked with the customer and and manage make sure things are going well on their side and and anything anything we can improve or provide more solutions to them in the existing environment. So I think that's going to be sort of a balance between that. Uh, yeah, because even to feed off that, I think one. Uh, hope from my end that'll come from this BDR role would be someone that is able to talk to customers, uh, both new and existing customers, 
find out their pain points if we don't already know them um, or, or, you know, if there's any new ones that pop up and that in turn will also help us build out a content strategy around that, right? Like we're already trying to create content that is more user focus, more about helping people find answers. So uh, I, I think having a solid uh, uh, salesperson who's able to like bring us valuable information as well uh, beyond just the sales component will be quite, uh, it'll be an interesting addition. Yeah. yeah, and there's a direct, like we have a very sort of cross disciplinary, multidisciplinary team where it's like salesperson says, hey, Nihal, just got rejected six times. They all said, that it was because of this. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, well, we got to figure that out as either marketers or we need to take this back to the engineering team cool. um, to figure out why, you know, why why that is. And and so working hand in hand, and that that just excites me because if we do find the right person who can hit the volume of reach out, but also do that intentionally and thoughtfully, we can solve true problems. It's not just a. I don't feel in the past I sort of hated this idea of sales because it's like uh, I don't know. But we've built something valuable. We've built something that can help. And so I don't feel bad about (laughs) selling it or giving people the awareness of the opportunities that are there or the, you know, the missed opportunities um, that they're not currently taking advantage of. So um, that's very exciting Um, and even can lend to uh, Nihal, who said it's, again, master of illustration, Uh, you know, what pages need to be on our site or, you know, where, where, where we're breaking down in documentation or explanation. Um, These are all very powerful things that we know that can build the strong foundation that we need here at Speak. I think, I I was just going to say like, you know, medium, medium to long-term as well, if we want to build a solid growth engine as well, I I think having a, a, a strong communicator uh, uh, is, is also going to be quite important because I, I think we're small enough that all the departments uh, still talk to each other. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we wouldn't want sales to be uh, living in its own silo either. Yeah. So. I, I would like to, if we can figure out, again, there's one of my, one of my, the, I mean, it's a common concept or but Peyton uh, Nyquist from Numina said it to me and it really always stuck out which is like if you can build you know one clinic then we can build a hundred and I also think if we can get help one person figure out how to sell this successfully you can get other people and uh, you know I've been able to sell some things somewhat successfully and it's my role to continue that Uh, but some of those things are more complex relationship um, you know driven sales and, and relationships but um, if we can get a person in this role to be successful, we have figured out one of the hardest challenges of being a company. And so really want to push that. It's going to be hard. We're going to screw up a lot. We're going to screw up a lot. We're going to, they're going to be like, oh God, uh, you know, this is harder than I thought. And we're going to thought, um, Timothy, I don't know that analogy to Biosphere Project 93. Very, you know, a niche reference. If you want to elaborate, I'll give you <laughs> a moment. To... <laughs> uh, well, it's just a, a fun thought I didn't mean to to interrupt but that's uh, um, if you were to consider uh, a business development role to uh, be a well to be a tree in the park and we are the park so the biosphere project and it was is was a was a, a well um, was a research-based project scientists gathered together under a large glass bowl on top of a small um, 
campus and there there was a building a concrete road and like a simplest simplistic view of a town but under a glass uh, under under a glass um, ceiling in terms of the it would it would uh, pass through the sun but not the wind or anything else and um, they found that trees would fall without wind and wind in this case is the um, the interactions and the sales process itself, the 45 out of 46 um, demos rejected. That's the wind. And the foundation that we're trying to build here is, um, uh, um, uh, well, tremor on the roots is, is, is supposed to represent the foundation that we're trying to build, uh, spread those roots around. Um, I did not think you were gonna be able to loop that together, but uh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we probably could um, uh, post that on the, on the job description if anyone gets it. And uh, yeah, there we go. We know we got the right person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, everyone feel because you know uh, this would be a you know a wonderful opportunity for this person to join you know a team that that is doing awesome work that it loves working together and has something valuable to offer. So it, it's nice to be able to sell something that is that is changing lives and making an impact. So welcome any uh, applications, look forward to discussions and, and just learning from you, um, hopefully as, as you learn from us. Um, so that I guess concludes business development representative. Yes. So more time on that than I thought, but uh, well, <laughs> let's let's go to answer Lauren uh, for once because usually he asks a question and then Tim and I talk for five minutes and then we forget what Lauren asked. Um, is <laughs> there's also this need for a designer um, and um, do, what's the role title? Do we have the, the specific role title? I I am looking for a person who is more aligned with the with the UI part at this moment because we do need yes we do need to understand the user research and stuff but at the same time we want to talk about can, can connect the second point with the business developer and, and the person is like we want to talk with the more businesses more people around that and understand the language and the problems yes we do know a couple of things but are we missing anything? Uh, should we know anything? Uh, we should know and anything we can improve on. So what we are looking at the site moment is like, yes, the sales marketing thing is going on, but we need the backup at this moment to have someone who can focus on uh, the UI part at this, uh, you know, during this time. The reasons are number one, we can do a lot of coding and we did for this many times and that's why we can see this product but now we want to experiment things before we write any single line of code we want to well value the the because we do have a lot of things we can work upon but how we can how we're going to see as a visually before it goes into the front end on the front end so that's a one thing second thing prove the hypothesis before uh, uh, we put on the system, we deploy on the production, uh, prove those hypotheses by talking with the team, see what does that mean? How does that look like? Is that make sense? How we can improve that? And we see throughout our own experience too, it's like that's how the things work and you can improve a lot uh, before writing any single line of code. Other than that is like, you can combine a lot of creativity before, because what happened so far is like, we have our own biases through for the system, through the product, through the designing, through the things, how it works, and we put it where, and that's how we build the system. But we do have the opportunity now to put on the paper, share a paper to everyone, hey, what do you think, what do you think, and, and create a conclusion where, which makes sense to everyone. 
So those are the things we want to prove first. And once we have that level and more opportunity to hire a very unique role as a UX person, uh, we can go through in the direction. But again, to echo on that, we need the UI have more focus on the UI, but also have some knowledge in the UX side. So if the business developer person is like, hey, I talked with business, I talked with organizations, they went this, this, and that, so that that person go and ask any technical question around the product and convert into the prototype for them before uh, we make any conclusion. Uh, yeah, if anyone have any other See thoughts, that. but these are the things uh, very much looking forward to have someone on a team now. To uh, maybe um, to, uh, to feed off of that, the pipeline looks quite simple. We do have a desire for a very strong sales team, and and it's 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 already quite it, it's it's um, um, Tyler is doing an excellent job. But afterward, we feed it into the product strategy that, on, on the most part, uh, is still under development. And this product strategy that uh, that Leon is working upon, as far as I understand, we've um, we don't have him here to join in this wonderful conversation about, about um, just the pipeline of development and how our business operates, especially the, the, the engineering side. But um, yeah, so the role has to, the, the person has to fulfill the UX research side, not only talk to the team, but talk probably to the customers. See if your idea how to lay out your visual design of one of our components or maybe the whole system eventually works so um yeah that's that's very much it yeah if 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 you like talking to people and figuring out quantitatively or qualitatively whether your idea is a good one besides your personal opinion which we all do have um and then helping us out with a design system um um uh, quite uh, quite low to the ground working with us engineers um, or if you want to span any, in any of those areas, you're interested in learning UX, UI, or, or working with a developer team, um, it will be, um, be a pleasure to onboard a person who's, who's as curious as us. Other things are like, we, learn, we need a person who just not talk about the things, but who do the real things on, let's say, on the Figma. We have like 30 pages right now on the system. Just create all those pages and see what we can improve uh, the things on the system, right? Because you can talk throughout six months to different customer and you don't create anything. We want to do the reverse. And sorry, sort of a balance between that is like, we want to create the, the prototypes, at least for us to remove our own biases from the system and create in such a way that it's all at least work, unless we can talk about thousands of customers in a month. So yes, we want to talk with the customer. At the same time, we want to create those templates for our own products because we already have a quite bit of core bases to manage that throughout uh, maintaining the design system. And uh, sometimes you try your best to manage that, but sometimes it just keep uh, from your pocket about uh, uh, any some small components which might create a different experience for the users. So it is going to be a lot of raw work, to be honest, uh, to creating those templates and design system uh, in the beginning. But once everything is set up, then what team talk about is talking with the customers, like then change is like, oh, this is what we are thinking about. Is that make sense to them before touching the code bases? Technically, Vessel was alluding to A-B testing. 
A is what we have now, B is what could be. Lauren, I feel like we answered your question. Yeah, more than enough. Yeah, Thank is you. Is that man. true? Yeah. yeah. And I'll say we, you know, who needs uh, you know, who needs uh, a, you know, a graphic designer when we've got uh, Nihal's um, stellar eye? Look at these. Look at look at this. Amazing. Look at the change on the site that we've seen. Done an amazing job, uh, and uh, very excited about the work that that he's done. So at the, maybe we get a little bit of standardization on our fonts and some buttons, um, but <laughs> Nihal. <laughs> But, uh, you know, from the, the, the now I feel like I, I felt like I had hands with no fingers when I was originally designing um, the first website, like or, or the multiple iterations. Uh, it's nice to see someone who can do a better job uh, and will continue to enhance our team and, and bring that stuff together. And it's weird because in some ways, like as an entrepreneur and like you like this idea of like not uncertainty is not the word and not chaos is definitely not the word but like you realize the freedom that comes with standardization of you know of components of style of, you know of branding like how much freedom that gives you to then execute and focus on the things that truly matter um so that we look forward forward to that uh, a lot <laughs> um so two answers for Lauren today I feel great about that we're coming up on to the end of um time me hall you've been silent any thoughts on your side as you wrap up? What week are you on? This is one. This It'll is a full month now. First month. Yeah. First month. First month. Yeah. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let me see. I, I'm trying to see if there's anything on our list that we had that uh, we wanted to discuss. If not, um, for my end, there's nothing too crazy. Like right now, we're trying to build out some use cases um, and informational content for visitors that land on our site. Because I think previously when people come to our site, they had two, like most of the time they had two options. It's either they sign up or they more than likely didn't really visit too many other uh, pages. So now, you know, first steps to try to create more viable touch points for visitors to keep, stay on our website. And once that's done, uh, kind of optimizing those pages for conversion, once we kind of determine which pages are bringing in people. For instance, we have pages that bring in quite a large number of people, but they're not necessarily relevant to our end goal of actual acquisition, right? So they're good reads, but if they don't, uh, they, they don't convert, you know, uh, that doesn't really bode well for us. Also, very specific, unique searches that are trying exactly. To <laughs> <laughs> well, which, which honestly, like, um, you know, in in some of the newsletters and stuff I've been reading, it's interesting to see how much uh, the shift. Because, uh, like, this one book I'm reading, I, I thought it was fascinating how he he basically stated, you know, at the end of the day, like, th there will always be loopholes to algorithms and how Google uh, structures their search engine but they're getting uh, closer and closer to providing you know ultimate value to the the, the searcher where they get they're getting so good at basically just giving them exactly what they need, right whether that's in a featured snippet whether that's a search box at the top whether that's um you know a link a direct link to that section on your page right so in a way the more we keep building similar to our product how we're trying to build our product for users uh, on the information side 
creating information and uh, a website that speaks to a user's needs, I think are gonna, gonna take us quite far. And this, I mean, this, this is totally a sidetrack and not relevant to what I was talking about at all, but I just got a notification for this thing. Well, it was, it was an article, uh, this company, Neurable, um, who, who... I've, had, I've had a couple conversations. Oh, you, oh, you have. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great people. Uh, yeah, I mean, have, have you ever seen their product in action? Or no, I. Th I mean, this is. So I guess I should share the yeah. screen to give some context. Uh, um, smart headphones to measure focus and work. So EEG Neurable is an EEG company. They've done a bunch of different things. I'm trying to think what they were I, I i should have more context i should stop talking i have nothing else to say <laughs> what oh, do you no, have no, to I, say I, I, I thought this was fascinating because uh, i know last a while ago we were talking about i forgot his name but the blueberry mm. blueberry x yep yep and, uh, and it's an interesting thing that maybe one day our our software might even be able to live within certain hardware that nicely uh, circles that nicely circles back to what we've uh, started this whole uh, conversation off of is the context and the more data we gather of uh, different variants of data uh, eeg included um the more we can we can get out of it the more value we can look from that dark data essentially um I wonder, just as a food for thought, could we have the life pit tech with uh, this gathering our EEG, our mic, uh, having having the sound recorded around you, the video, perhaps if we do have nanobots flying around you, who would uh, uh, um, store it all in your cloud at home somewhere, and then uh, pipe it into speak. Well, I mean, it's just a, it's it's just a very long vision of a life pit technology, but. Um, it's it's interesting to see how drones are now being developed to sort of stalk on their own or just uh, fly after a person and 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 monitor. Um, there is something interesting going on. Look what you did, Nihal. What you did. Oh. <laughs> Vatsal is actually, you know, he, we we can talk about this another because I know we're coming another time, but it's been building some visualizations based off his uh, his aura ring and a couple of things that's very fascinating. Um, I don't know if you've even shown Tim that. Maybe you've been uh, too scared. Uh, to, yeah, so uh, you don't need to bring it up. I apologize if you didn't want to talk about that yet. Uh, but really interesting. But the question that Vatsal again has is great. All this data is being produced, but now what? You know, what context is there? Is there any, you know, is there any, um, okay, I see that's all. Okay, all right. Looks like, are you gonna share it? Sure. Okay. Wow, there we go. Okay, this is, uh, this okay. is. Uh, so this is, this is basically uh, quite a bit of analysis and analytics uh, of my personal you? life. Yes, I will say in a second. Okay. Uh, but just giving a little context before that uh, is, you will see uh, quite a bit of uh, the activity and tracking with this aura ring uh, and the applications I'm using and tracking using the rescue time. And uh, I'm setting my screen now, as, as you can see. So this is basically tracking using the third party application start with the activity and the activity data track using the aura ring. So I can see and I'm trying to understand and I found that so far is usually Monday I don't spend, uh, I don't move that much. And, uh, and uh, 
So that those are the trigger points I'm trying to understand. So you can see on Tuesday, I just moved one and probably one, not even one and a half hour. So I improved this way to make sure that I move at least two hours. So I'm making sure those small, small triggers which can improve the life and then see the bigger picture. My goal here is to just see this, improve the small things so that it can have the uh, compound effect at the end. This is the productivity data is tracked using the rescue time, which will show the total time spent uh, uh, on the screens that is uh, phone actually, and also my laptop, not the, uh, the work machine I'm spending. So probably that's why it's uh, in between in, into the, uh, the total durations uh, I spend on the screen. The development time, I use the Waka time, uh, which is the integrations you can do using any VS code, any, any IDE, any editor. Uh, and I uh, integrated with the VS code and uh, it's so many, how many hours uh, uh, throughout the day I spend writing actual code. So it doesn't count if you just keep your editor open. It's, this is not gonna count if I have my editor open. Uh, so that is the piece and by, I can see by month or I can see by year uh, or just showing the April because I just started uh, uh, from this month. And the last piece is the sleep about in the different stages. Uh, deep stage and stuff. And I can see weekly or the monthly to understand uh, uh, the pattern. And one thing I realized, uh, it's pretty interesting. I'll see probably the next year in 2022. Uh, my sleep went uh, up in March actually. So I want to see what's gonna happen in uh, 2022. So uh, just interesting those things. And you can see in, in the Apple, it's still, it's uh, we are almost done for a month. And the readiness score uh, about, uh, this is not actually the correct with this uh, labels but I'll, I'll update that one. So yeah, this is, yeah. I'm trying to track. So, okay, why I saw in this is now <laughs> I want to understand uh, this is happening behind the scene, right? This is happening every single second uh, throughout the day. So uh, what are the triggers I'm missing here? What are the things I can improve uh, through looking at uh, my own data? And this is all stored uh, for months now. And uh, and how those trigger can help me uh, every day in my activity. Uh, I just want to improve uh, for tomorrow. I, I'm not worrying about the next week. So if I improve tomorrow, that will be have the more uh, compound effect at the end. So yeah, I'll, I'll take a pause here and... Uh... I didn't mean to, yeah, didn't mean to put you on the spot, Vatsal, but thank you. Thank you for sharing. It's really cool. A couple of things that uh, are missing though is, is the activities from Aura. So Aura actually gathers and does suggest you using some algorithms on their end. What did you do in terms of, okay, did, was it a moderate a, or, or was it an easy walk, moderate exercise? Was it an easy walk? And that, that's um, like the, the time is great, but the uh, intensity is missing on some part. Um, plus you wonder. But you can see, you can see the lines. It's not actually holding the graph, but. Oh, it's just. There's too much of moderate activity. You can see now here calorie activity and how much I stats and stuff. Oh, so you can see by the lines about the intensity of this activity from the aura. But yeah, it should be the let's say some different colors. That's it. We're we're missing the inputs which actually trigger that the cause and effect thing. There's no loop established right now. Cause and effect could be established with something like My Fitness Pal. How many? Glasses of water did you drink to walk so much to uh, the bathroom so many times a day? Uh, but the on the other hand, it's, uh, it's also drugs. We're missing this part. I would imagine that Aura would pick up less REM sleep if you smoked a joint or otherwise. It's, uh, it's, there is a lot of work ahead of, and, and 
there's still so much data to gather together and compile. To just clarify uh, uh, for my audience, <laughs> who's gonna listen in my family too? <laughs> I don't need the last part. Thank Jones. You know what? I, you know, Leon would kill us right now. Um, uh, and <laughs> I know, uh, of course, this stuff fires us up. And it's what's interesting is, you know, it's hard to contain ourselves when we get into this stuff because now we're, we're actually getting approached by organizations to help implement some of this into their own systems. Mm -hmm. So it's like Vatsal's not just doing this to for his own enjoyment, which he definitely is, but there are direct applications to this. And to me, what sticks out there is, as as we've talked about earlier in this, was like context or events or triggers or things that provide context to why. So if you just look at those graphs, it's very hard to look back, especially if you go further yeah. out. If you were in August and you look back at April 20. Eighth, you have no context of what happened there. So there needs to be a, another input. And for me, that the input that I always believe was powerful was audio, video notes, or even text notes with description, more qualitative description that can be matched with that. And then what became beautiful and speak was the tagging part, yep. which tagging can become a, events. So, you know, for me, it was like, if I'm in a good mood, it was because I'm listening to Spotify, I've got incense on, and, um, you know, I had a great conversation with that. You know what I mean? Those could be three tags or events or yeah. factors that then add context to the other data that's being um, uh, shown there. So the, the, the closest application so far in the market I saw is, I, I told everyone, is like the exist.io. So they have at least Amazing. 20 different types of integrations, including the music, uh, your uh, every, every single point, maybe what you're reading on uh, your phone, so you can also track the books and stuff. But Tyler, I don't know if there is a way uh, to talk with the team. I, I believe they are in Australia and uh, create uh, an integration for the speak. So you can use uh, your audio, video and clip data uh, on exist. And they have the beautiful way to uh, showcase the sentences, right? And here, what you can showcase is the keywords. So on this, whether you use what you talk about X, Y, Z words, uh, or maybe the sentiment analysis from the speak. So sort of what I'm talking here is the uh, the the marriage between the existence speak AI to uh, surface these insights. Amazing stuff. It, it, it really maybe is. One day, if we can, if we can uh, see what we can do, <laughs> see what we can do. Um, Okay, it's 103. How did this happen? Um, the uh, we'll, we'll bucket this for another discussion. I, I use the word bucket. Bucket has come up. See, this is the interesting part about speak too. I've said to Neil the other day, where did bucket come from? All of a sudden I start saying this word. I have no idea where it came up. <laughs> I would like to know the first time it ever emerged. And now that it's come up, I want to reduce the use of that word. Uh, so, uh, and then the other part is I notice if like someone says a word, then other people on the team start using that word too. So really interesting case studies of like someone says bucket, then all of a sudden the team keeps saying bucket and it's like <laughs> bucket per conversation went up 30%. You know, there, there's so many fascinating, that's, I love this stuff so much. And uh, again, we will rein this in uh, and hopefully Leon doesn't watch this last 20 minutes uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, and do it. I'll have to, add, I have to add one last part from myself, which was one of the most glorious parts to this week for me. It was actually this morning had to deliver some uh, transcripts to, to, to uh, a team. And uh, uh, I, that in the past took me maybe an hour today, it took me six seconds. 
it was amazing. It was glorious. I love technology. Love you guys. I said this in the morning already. But just like, can you just talk about in a minute or two about how, how who's listening? How what what does that mean? What does that sorry, mean to them? Yes, this makes sense. Before, take a file. We started the first iteration of Speak. You could upload one file at once. You could transcribe that one file, and then you're lucky if when that file comes back with the transcription and then a decent analysis. Then we did multi-upload, multi-file upload, take 10 files at once, dump it into the system. Uh, increases, you know, increases the impact of the system and also decreases your effort uh, to do it. The other part though that came very clear was when someone's ordering human transcription, we were approving individual files on the front end through the interface, which took a long time because it would have to merge and then you know, reanalyze everything. And if you have 20 files, that time in the app adds up a lot and truthfully a little bit frustrating. So what it becomes important, especially as we work with larger organizations and, and media libraries is bulk management of files in media. And so Tim, after I came in and yelled at everyone at the start of the week on Monday, uh, I didn't yell at everyone. I just yelled at myself really. And, uh, and then thankfully you have people on the team who listen, um, <laughs> was that you can now multi, multi approve the transcripts that humans have done our wonderful team has done. And instead of going through each individually and taking, you know, say 20 minutes, you can do a multi-click approval. Um, that's in our back end right now, but it's coming into the client interface and do that in six seconds. And the final step that is coming here, which is multi-export. So multi-export of Word docs or PDFs. Um, you know, it really just, the idea is get something in the system and then give a beautiful way to get it out and make that intuitive, easy, and be able to do more at once. And um, with the help of Tim, with the help of Vatsal, um, that was realized today and was again, a beautiful moment. It seemed so weird, but it was just like, ah, yes. So thank you guys again. Uh, and that allows our customers to manage way more media at once without the frustrations of going through and multi-clicking and probably getting honestly um, arthritis or carpal tunnel in your hand by all the clicks uh, that were previously yep. there. <laughs> I don't know if I described that right well. That's all I'm trying. That, that's the best <laughs> on that. Uh, for example, as an individual, if you are dumping 10, 15 files, uh, you probably, we, we do behind the scene, a two layer of review of the human transcription request. So the first goes to the editor and the second goes to the QA. And that is why uh, this request emerged to uh, approve, multi-approve uh, the human transcription. But at some point, I still believe uh, you still need to go and uh, review at your own to just make sure that the, the, the transcription job uh, is done properly. Uh, so that is sort of a balance between that. Once you have that experience and the confidence on the system, then you can start doing the multi-quality approval. But at the same time, uh, if you are doing for the first time, uh, you do have the opportunity to go and review the job. So it is not just like there's a one option, you can do both uh, on the platform. I just, Michal, I think, can we add the value proposition of speak of avoid carpal tunnel yep. while managing yep. we, multiple we media files? Yeah, I want that yes. to be the main main message. <laughs> we can put that in our ad copy. <laughs> uh, okay, this is wonderful. Uh, and, th and again, thanks for adding a little bit of uh, clarity there at the VAT. So I got too excited about the, the bulk media stuff. Uh, and there's, there's valid reasons to also do individual review and approval, especially for important files. So anything, anyone else have anything to say before we close this up? This is Office Hours 15, another... Ah, this was so much fun. So uh, appreciate appreciate again you guys being here. Just just take care, take care, and and don't travel much. Uh, <laughs> take care of yourself and also your family. Mm -hmm. uh, time is crucial. Just mm -hmm. stay 
in home for next 15, 20 days. And uh, enjoy your life. That's it. Thank you, Vance. Lauren, so glad we got to answer some of your questions today. Oh, that makes I've got some more, but I can say that for later. What? Say it. Say no, no, no. It's going to help out. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate you being able to have that self-restraint. I know I don't. So, uh, okay. <laughs> Nihal, you're good? Yeah, I'm good. One, one day, Nihal, I'd like to spend some time, you know, maybe just like uh, all of us, but I know Nihal has joined, but just like the insights that Nihal has gained from coming into the system or like what we've learned from trying to market um, speak and grow a software startup. I'd love to do some like lessons learned on that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as Nihal talked about our, our dirty sitemap, our 404 errors, all the things that we have to fix up that can make an impact on growth. And uh, Timothy, love the, uh, I guess, the metaphors, the analogy. Good job today. It's awesome. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Thank <laughs> you, everyone. Day.